Today we're going to be reading r slash let's not meet. Our first post, the social media crush gone wrong. I just want to say when all this happened, I was 18, I was young, innocent, and naive. Now in my mid-20s, I would never let this happen again. It was my freshman year at college, and as one could imagine, I was excited to be on my own for once in my life. So excited to be on my own, I decided I was going to take summer classes on campus. That way, I wouldn't have to worry about coming in when the big crowd of freshmen came, and I would also already know where everything was. Plus, it meant I could get away from my parents faster. But mainly, all I could think about was boys. You see, I'd never dated anyone through high school, so I thought I would find my true love at college. Because, of course, that's what all the movies told me. About two weeks go by, and one of my roommates, I had four, were hanging out in the lounge area showing off pictures of Instagram of our friends, family, etc. Well, my roommate, I'll call her Tracy, showed me a picture of her and these two guys. One of the guys was Tracy's boyfriend, and the other guy was Tracy's boyfriend's best friend. I'll call him Sheen. Now, Sheen was very attractive, and I told Tracy that he was hot. And she told me he went to a tech college near us, and he was single. Now a day or two goes by after this, and she tells me she told Sheen I was interested in him, and he wanted to know if he could get my Instagram so he could DM me. And at the time I trusted Tracy, because she seemed like a cool, chill girl, so I excitedly told her yes. I wish I never told her yes. I talked to Sheen for about a week before I was comfortable enough to give him my phone number. At first he seemed super sweet. He would always send me a text message in the morning telling me to have a good day at class, and he couldn't wait to FaceTime that night. And we would FaceTime every night. At first I loved it because I'd never had a boy give me so much attention and like I said before I'd never dated anyone so I was just over the moon that he was interested enough to talk to me. But it started to get annoying. He would text me almost every second of the day and try to FaceTime at least four times. When I wouldn't respond to him he'd ask if I was okay, why wasn't I answering him if I was seeing another guy. If I was seeing another guy it would make him really mad if I was. I of course was seeing the messages and trying to reassure him I was okay and wasn't seeing anyone. Like I said in the beginning, I was young and naive, so I didn't see it as a red flag. Things kept going downhill though. It came to a point where he started asking for pictures of me, either selfies or pictures of me in the mirror. I wouldn't send them though because I wasn't comfortable, and he would brush it off saying that was fine and I could send him pictures of myself whenever I was ready. One day I was in class for a long time because it was a lab and it started at 7pm and wouldn't end until 10pm that night. For those of you who don't know, labs in college can last from 2-4 to four hours and mine just happened to be 3 hours that night. Once class ended, I headed up to my dorm and took out my phone. I clicked the button on the side lighting up the screen. I had 380 unread texts, 10 missed calls, and 3 voicemails from Sheen. Before I could even react or even read all the messages, my phone started to ring. Instead of being Sheen, it was my dad. He had called me to make sure I was alright because he got an alert from the phone company that I had gotten all those messages. I was on his phone plan. I don't know why, but I lied to him and laughed it off, saying it was just a group chat with a bunch of girls from school. Once I got off the phone with my dad, I quickly looked at the messages I had gotten. Most of them were demanding why I wasn't answering him and he'd come and find me if I didn't answer him. The voicemails were crude and mostly him saying how he was going to find me and when he did he was going to punish me for not answering him. After this, I just completely blocked him on anything I could think of, com completely freaked out about the whole thing. About a week goes by and I start to slowly forget about the incident, trying not to think much about it. At least that's what I was trying to do. That whole week I felt like someone was watching me but I brushed it off as being paranoid. At the end of the week, my roommate Tracy, who I had been avoiding, comes up to me sh shouting at me saying how I broke Sheen's heart and he had called her crying saying he didn't understand why I stopped talking to him. I couldn't even get a word in because of how fast she was talking. She finally called me a self-centered bitch and walked away. I went to class right after that, not realizing I forgot to lock my dorm room. You see, I lived with four girls and each girl had their own room which would lock from the outside with a key. Well, when I came back from class, I noticed my doors cracked open slightly. My heart dropped to my stomach and I hesitated going in. My hands were shaking terribly. 
when I finally got the nerve to push it open. Nothing. There was nothing out of place, it seemed. Even though there was nothing out of place, I could have sworn I closed the door before leaving for class. Though I don't remember if I locked it or not, and I know for sure I closed the door. So I asked my roommates, including Tracy, if anyone had gone to my room today, and they all denied it, even Tracy. But I knew in my heart someone had been in there. I tried to brush it off, but I couldn't. So one weekend, when I knew that all my roommates were going to be out of town, I switched dorm buildings and roomed with the girl I would gotten to be close friends with. After I moved in with her, I told her all that happened, and she said she would walk with me to my classes. Which, thankfully, we had most of our classes together except for the night lab, and she would walk with me to my lab and wait until the lab was done to walk me back to the dorm. One night, she had gone out of town to see her parents or something. I was walking back from my lab, and it had gotten really late that night again. I heard someone walking behind me, but I didn't pay any attention to it because class just let out. But as I was walking, I could hear their steps getting closer, so I started to pick up my walking speed. At this point, I could tell someone was following me, and I was afraid to look back. As the footsteps increased and got faster, I started running as fast as I could. Now let me tell you, I'm not athletic by any means. Somehow though, adrenaline probably, I was able to sprint to my dorm building hearing someone still running behind me. And I thankfully already had my key card out to get into the building. And I swiped it on the door and slammed it shut behind me. Looking up from the slamming door, I'd seen someone who was about 10 feet away from the door staring at me. Even though through the person's body that was hooded up, I couldn't see their face. I just knew they were looking at me. I just knew it was Sheen. Not wasting any more time, I go to the RA that was up that night, bawling, telling him what had just happened. He called the police, and I told them everything that happened. But they basically said they couldn't do anything since I didn't see his face, even if I thought it was Sheen, and maybe I was just paranoid since it was nighttime and I was walking by myself. After this, I called my friend and told her what happened, and she never went out of 10 again if I had my late classes. I eventually decided college wasn't for me and dropped out. I moved back to my home state and went to cosmetology school and became a hairdresser. I still haven't dated anyone yet though. Maybe it's the fear of something like that happening again? I'll never know. I do know I'm super careful with who I talk to now and who I give my social media and phone number to. I'm still scared to go to places by myself even though it's been years and I'm states away. Even so, Sheen, let's not meet ever again. That was such a hard story to read to know someone can be creepy like that. Time for our next post. A guy waited and followed me on the tram. This story took place about two years ago. I was 16 and 5'6". We either looked like a 12-year-old boy or a 16-year-old tomboy, depending on the person. At the time, I suffered with really bad anxiety, and you could definitely see it in my body language. I was usually virtually an easy target for predators. So I was a 16-year-old kid just picking up hardbacks for the last year of school. After I was done shopping, I decided to get on the tram back to my dad's workplace, and then he would take me home. It was a Sunday morning, pretty chilly, and definitely had an uneasy feel. I hated going into town alone, but no one else was available to join me, so I sucked it up and did the deed. The trams were new at the time, and I'd only taken them two or three times, so I was definitely hypervigilant on them, especially since I suffer with anxiety. Hypervigilant so I didn't miss my stop, and hypervigilant that nothing weird happened, as the tram was notorious for weird people. I walked to my tram stop, and I waited. I see the next tram coming soon, but there's a guy making me unbelievably uneasy. I hate assuming the worst of people, but this man was making me so uncomfortable. Nothing particular was off about him, he just looked a bit scruffy, but not a predator. So I decided I'd walk away from the stop for a bit and wait for the tram to coming to pass. Then return and get the one after. They often come by, and this dude was giving me the creeps. I walk away for a bit, take a nice relaxing stroll to calm myself down and return to the stop. He's still there. When I left, he definitely watched me leave and waited for me to return. Now at the time I was doubting myself, I was telling myself I'm being irrational. Something like this creepy dude following me couldn't happen to me, surely. We get on the tram. My tram takes about five stops to my dad's workplace. I walk down the tram a bit, and the man is still in my eye line, and I was in his. 
Now, my dad's workplace is about a five-minute stroll from my tram stop, but it's a walk down a quiet area, an area where someone could easily assault you or take you, and not many would notice, especially on a Sunday morning. At each stop, I am praying this guy gets off the tram, but he does not. My anxiety has hit the roof, and along the tram walk is only five minutes, I call my dad to pick me up right outside the station. My dad surprisingly agreed. I think it could tell something was off with me. So all I had to do was walk out of the tram station and make it to the car. I still had hope in my heart that this guy would not get off at my station and go to the next instead. It comes to my stop, I get off, and of course Mr. Creepy gets off too. No one else off but us two. Fuck. The guy looks at me and I look at him. We make eye contact. I could tell he was planning on walking in my direction and follow me out. I can see him panic a little and then he walks in the opposite direction to me. Now the chilling part about this is, the station only had one exit. This man turns around, walks onto the tracks of the tram, and just wanders off. I didn't stay too long to see if he'd come back, and I speed rock to my dad's car. When I get in my dad's car, I double check with him that there is only one exit to the station, as the tram is the only new and I was unfamiliar with it. He says yes, there is only one exit, and I am covered in goosebumps. This man waited for me to get onto the tram, even though he could have taken an earlier one, followed me to the station, and decided last minute abort mission. I've tried rationally explain this to myself. Maybe he wasn't following me and he was just a weird dude. But why did his presence make me so uneasy that I decided to walk away and wait for the next tram? Why did he wait for the next tram when he could have gotten an earlier one? What are the chances of him getting off at the same stop with me? Why did he not use the exit and walk onto the tracks instead? It's not like I gave him a death stare. We made eye contact when we got off the tram and I was a 5, 6, 16 year old kid. Definitely not imitating. All I know about this experience is I'm just glad my dad picked me up outside the station. I never want to experience the feeling of being followed again. So to the weird dude who followed me on the tram, let's not meet again. That's why you have to be really careful when you're on buses and trams, because people can be really, really creepy and, and you're at their mercy. Okay, for our last post, we have 14-year-old Psycho. When I was 11, my family lived in Alaska, about 14 miles north of Anwarch. Sorry for butchering that name. As soon as you leave the actual city, you're in the wilderness pretty quickly. This event happened to me in the summer of 1977. I remember that because the original Star Wars had just come out a few weeks before and I was obsessed with it at the time. In 1977, the town I lived in was actually a series of roads and off-roads. Most people there commuted to work. That's what my parents did. They both worked nights, meaning I spent most of my time alone at home. I don't have any siblings. Our house was a half mile in the nearest paved road and surrounded by woods. I didn't have any real friends that lived close by. I knew a kid who lived at the end of my road he was actually the next closest house and was still about 300 yards from mine. One afternoon that summer, I was watching TV when there was a knock on our side door. I looked outside and saw it was the kid from the end of the street with someone else. I opened the door and he told me this kid was his cousin whose family had flown up from wherever they were to visit. I can't remember the kid's name. I do remember immediately being nervous around this guy. He had blonde hair down to his shoulders, wore a t-shirt under a thin leather vest. He also had one of those wallets on a chain. The kid's eyes were dark as hell. I was 11 and I hadn't seen evil before, but this kid set something off in my brain. The boy from down the street even seemed nervous about him. He said he told my cousin about my BB gun and how cool it was. I'd recently been given a BB gun as a gift. I told him to wait outside and I would get it. I just knew I didn't want that kid in my house. I got the BB gun and went outside and handed it to the weird kid. He rolled it over in his hands, looked it up and down, and without any expression ever changing. Without handing it back, he asked, how much do you want for it? I can't remember my reaction after all these years, but I didn't really need money and the gun was a gift, so I told him it wasn't for sale, and I remember apologizing for some reason. Unfazed, the kid hands the gun back to me, then reaches behind his back, holds out the biggest damn knife I've ever seen. I remember thinking for a second that it was a sword. 
Have you ever seen the movie Crocodundi? He tells some robbers, that's not a knife. This is a knife. And he pulls out a huge knife. Well, that's the knife this kid would have had. This kid said, how about a trade then? I shot the BB gun at cans. What was I going to do with this thing? Huh, a grizzly bear? I denied the offer nervously, and the kid turned away and started walking the other direction of their house. I went back inside and watched more TV. About an hour later, there was another knock on the door. I go to our side window where I can see the door. I peek out, and sure enough, it's that kid again. This time, he was alone. The second time, he knocked louder. He called my name. I stayed quiet. He left the door and started walking around our house. My mother had a sunroom where she grew plants. It had large windows along the wall. I saw him go to those windows, press his face against the glass, and cup his eyes, trying to see deep into the house. I stayed out of sight. Luckily, there were no lights on, and I had turned the TV off when I heard the knock. When he couldn't see anything, he continued around the house. He took out that huge knife and began tapping the butt of it along the outer wall as he circled. Then he started saying, I know you were in there. I almost shit myself. Of course he knew I was in the house. I was 11, home alone. How could I leave the house? Hop in a car and take off? Hell, both our cars were gone anyways. I continued keeping low and quiet, hoping he might think I went to a friend's house somewhere else. How long could this psycho just circle around the house? He was maybe 14? He got bored pretty quickly. No such luck. This kept up for about an hour. The tapping and his voice told me to come out and that he had another trade for my gun. Screw that, I had the all-in I'm not home tactic, so I stayed quiet and made my way to the kitchen where our telephone was. This was 1977, no cell phones, and our phone was attached to a wall in the kitchen. Luckily, it had a super long headset cord. I got it, stayed low to the floor, and called my mother at work. She took me seriously, but there was no way she could get home. My dad was in the Air Force, and they sure want to let him skip out early to handle his son's crisis. I would have to ride it out. The sun had gone down, and by that, I mean it was barely peaking above the horizon. In the summer, the sun never went down completely in our area. The kids kept pacing around for another 30 minutes or so, and then was suddenly gone. Not being an idiot in a horror movie, I just stayed down and quiet. Eventually, my parents got home. I was still awake. They brushed it off to see, see, nothing to worry about. I never hung out with the kid down the street again, and I pretty much stayed inside the remainder of the summer. There was something definitely wrong with that kid. Maybe it was in my head, or maybe he would have done something brutal to me, just for that damn BB gun. Yeah, that kid sounds really, really, really creepy, and I'm glad you stayed inside. Thanks for watching the video. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and have a wonderful day.